Hello, and welcome to the Dark Passenger Podcast. This is a topic I haven't really gone into detail about ever on my podcast, at least. And part of it was because I had felt, first of all, I felt unqualified, but also in addition to that, I had this idea that I would have friends that I could talk to personally about how I was feeling. And so I always felt out of place doing episodes regarding race or class because I felt that it was something to be spoken about in private. And what I found was I didn't have that circle. Maybe the next person does. Maybe the next person has someone that they can talk to candidly. But I don't. I have people in my life that it has to be surface level. And the reason I feel that way is because I don't feel like I can trust them, to be honest. I, I don't feel like I could trust them to be honest, and I don't feel like I can trust them to be honest. And so for me to be candid with them and not feel like they're being equally as candid, there's an imbalance. There's a sheer imbalance. And so to avoid all of that, I keep it to myself or I try to find other ways and it usually manifests into stress and I've made it my business to not put myself in any added stress I made a concerted effort and that is making all the difference understanding that I do not deserve to be in pain and yet here we are You have a man named George Floyd, and there are a lot of people enraged, enraged, not even emotional, but enraged. Some that feel like going out and harming someone or something is the way to go. And... I would be hypocritical after just making a 10-part series about stalking uh, a co-worker and falsifying information. I would be utterly hypocritical to say that they are wrong for feeling how they feel. Now, act, acting upon it is very different. And you don't want to see anyone hurt. You don't want to see anyone adversely affected. But to say I don't understand how they feel would not be genuine. I know the feeling. That feeling where you just can't take it anymore. Whatever it is. In my case, so many times it's been treatment at work because it's usually the place where I have the most interaction 
with people I don't necessarily care to be around. It's the place where I have the least amount of control over who I'm around. And I can't necessarily have control over my surroundings. And so that happens to be my experience. For someone else, it could be their constant interaction with the police. For someone else, it could be their constant interaction with children. And so they now have a skewed view of children, etc. And so I say all this to say, I can understand the frustration. But there's a point where I see things burning, I see people looting, and I want to, I want to, I don't condone it, but even with those things, the violence, the the looting, still, I understand There comes a point where you become so distressed that acting out is the only way that you feel you have a release. And I'm not going to speak for every single person out there. That's impossible. Let's not even make that silly assumption. I'm speaking in generalizations. I'm speaking also, also uh, from my own experience as well. But for the most part, a generalization, when you're hurting that much, all you want is for that hurt to go away. And some of us internalize it and it becomes darkness. It becomes depression. It becomes isolation. Isolation has become a common thing with the quarantine. And then something like this happens and it reminds you that your days could be numbered. It only takes one bad interaction for your your neck to be under someone's knee. not just anyone, an officer's need. And that added stress comes rolling back in. Even if you think you are handling things well, that reality sets in. That your days could be numbered totally out of your control for the most part. And yet you're expected to go to work and show up with enthusiasm and be excited. All with that hanging over you. That your coworkers don't see you as human. That the people that you interact with on a daily basis don't respect you. Forget the fear part. Because that's very relative, that's very arbitrary. But the respect, that's palpable. That could be, it's something that's ever present. 
It's something that's ever-present. And you put all of this into this proverbial stew of destruction. And all you want is for that pain to go away. And for those that internalize it, that's how it looks like. That's what it looks like. The darkness. But for those that ex that um, seek external release, this is what it looks like. Burning buildings. Broken glass. It's their way of saying, look at me. Look at my pain. Because screaming and hollering wasn't enough. Being docile wasn't enough. Marching peacefully wasn't enough. Just doing the right thing wasn't enough. Those rocks being thrown, those glasses being broken, those things being stolen, none of it is justified. But one must understand that the reason it's done is because they don't feel justice was served. So whether or not they're justified in what they're doing, it's almost like they are fighting fire with fire. No pun intended. And I don't know what will become of this, but my prediction is... This will be different, and here's why. You have former NBA player Steven Jackson, who was a good friend of George Floyd. And the reason that matters, and and it's sad because it shouldn't, justice should be, justice should just be just that, without the bells and whistles. But apparently, you need a certain amount of followers and clout and everything else to even scrape the surface of justice. Oh, a lot of people are paying attention, so I think we'll do the right thing. I think we'll indict this person. I think we'll arrest this person. I think we'll fire this person because there's so many eyes and ears on the situation. But nonetheless, even if that's the case, that is why this situation will be different. I feel as if Steven Jackson's connection to the NBA, on top of the fact that they are in quarantine, on top of the fact that people are out of work, on top of the fact that children are out of school, It is the recipe for focus in the same way that Tiger King and The Last Dance became the most popular of popular when, let's just be honest, without the coronavirus, those things would have been an afterthought. But because no one, because many people, I should say, not not no one, because many people had nothing better to do but to watch it, it suddenly became staple and the same thing will happen with George Floyd 
it's magnified because there isn't much else going on. It's magnified because of Stephen Jackson's connection to the NBA. You're going to see that this situation gets magnified far beyond anyone's wildest expectations. And all I can hope, all I can hope is that that magnification turns into systematic change. Not just something to follow on Twitter, not just a hashtag. And dare I say, to whomever it may have said, oh well, not just an organization like Black Lives Matter or a slogan, I can't breathe or anything like that. We're talking systematic change, systematic change, something that impacts things on a more global scale. Right now, things are being attacked one by one. Oh, Breonna Taylor. Okay, let's address that issue. Ahmaud Arbery. Okay, let's address that issue. Okay, uh, George Floyd. Let's address this in this way. They're not being addressed as a whole. They're not addressing the systematic issues that play. And I feel as if George Floyd's situation will be the change agent. That someone, unfortunately, will take this. Someone prominent. It will take them to stand up and go, hey, We're not playing this game. We're not playing uh, one NBA game until this changes. Or, hey, we're not buying from these stores. You weren't buying for them. You weren't going to those restaurants for two months already. What's the difference to extend it? It's going to to take very, very concerted effort by someone prominent Do I think it should be that way? No. But that is how it is. That person could very well be someone from the NBA because they've been vocal, like a LeBron James, a Steven Jackson, for example. Or in the case of Puff Daddy or Diddy, he has a channel called Revolt TV. And he has been very, very... uh, active. He's always had some stake in voting and politics, but more so from a marketing standpoint. Vote or die, you know, get out there and vote. As he's gotten older, he has taken a much more, much more active approach and using his channel and his platform as recently as last night. For people to discuss. People like Jamel Hill and Van Lathan. Were on there. um, Discussing it. So discussing. You know. Police brutality etc etc. So kudos. Kudos to that. It's a start. It's not perfect but it's a start. But this. This will be the change agent. This will be. This this will be the difference maker. I truly believe that. 
and it's sad that it's only because of their prominence and their closeness to a so-called celebrity that it will be that way but it may be what it takes for someone to say wow what is going on here and how how do we fix this how do we fix this and to quote I, I don't I hate to even quote it but it comes to mind because I'm gonna butcher the quote But something along the lines of um, something Martin Luther King said, where he said he feared he led his people into a burning building. Something along those lines. And that may very well be the case, but at what point do we all look up and we see the smoke and the flames and we turn back around? It's one thing to say I've been led. It's another to keep following. So that is all I will say for now. As always, thank you for listening.